0: Welcome to the Linglestown Life podcast. In today's episode, we have a sermon preached by teaching team member Matt Jenkins about several of Jesus's stories about lost things and people being found. This message was first preached on August 22nd, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. To the Linglestown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith.
1: So, have you ever lost anything before? Maybe it was your keys when you were in a rush, or a piece of jewelry, or a favorite toy. And if you did lose something, What was it like, what was the feeling you had when it was found? Were you relieved? Were you angry that you had misplaced it, your keys were in your pocket the whole time? Or did you rejoice that what was lost was found? Hello, my name is Matt Jenkins, and I'm a student at Messiah University. I've had the opportunity this summer to learn with Linglestown Life's teaching team. And I have the opportunity to share today's sermon with you. In the last message of our series, Stories Jesus Told, we will explore three parables concerning lost things. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the most famous, the the parable of the lost son. Luke 15 opens with a crowd of sinners and tax collectors surrounding Jesus. When the Pharisees, their religious leaders, saw this, they spoke ill of Jesus. For surrounding himself with those whose society looked down upon. The three parables of lost things are all a response to the critiques the Pharisees raise. Now, I won't read you all of Luke 15, but I'll read you the first parable, the parable of the lost sheep, and summarize the other two. So Luke 15, five, uh, 3 through 7 reads, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. who do not need to repent. The story of the woman with the lost coin uh, finds herself with 10 drachmas. That's about a day's wage in Jesus' time, so a little bit more than a penny than you would have today. Um, One day, she loses one of her drachmas, and she carefully searches her entire house until she finds it. When she does find it, she invites her friends and her neighbors over, and they rejoice together. And then lastly, there's the parable of the lost son, which we often call the prodigal son. It tells the story of a father and his two sons. The younger son asks the father for his share of the inheritance, essentially asking for his will before he's dead. Um, the father agrees to it, surprisingly, and the younger son takes his share of the inheritance, goes to a distant country, and squanders it in wild living. The younger son has nothing left. So when the famine arrives to that country, the younger son is forced to find work, and he finds it in the fields feeding pigs. Because of the famine, he has no food, and even the pig feed looks appetizing to him. The son recognizes this and realizes that even the workers in his father's vineyard eat food. They have food on their table that he does not, so it'd be better for him to return home and ask to be a worker. The son makes the journey, and the father is waiting for him and sees his son in the distance and runs to him, rejoicing along the way. When he reaches the younger son, the son says, Father, I am unworthy to be called your son. Let me be a worker in your fields. And the father responds by giving him a magnificent robe, the finest ring, sandals on his feet, and throws him an incredible banquet. (laughs) The older son, though, he wasn't so happy. He had been loyal to his father that entire time and had never even received a small celebration. He came to his father angry, and this is what his father had to say to him. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, notice that the father said they had to celebrate. It wasn't a choice to celebrate, but it was something so incredible, so magnificent, so wonderful that they needed to celebrate. In each of the three stories, the the lost items are not alone. For the sheep, there are 99 other sheep. For the lost coin, there are nine other coins. For the son, there is another son. Jesus told us this so that way we would focus not just on that which was lost, but also that which is found. It is because the lost matter just as much as the found that Jesus has both the lost and the found in the story. Each and every sheep was unique. Each and every coin had the same value as the other nine. And both sons were sons of the Father. Now, since not all of us are shepherds herding our sheep, uh, let me show you the story of a, a modern-day lost sheep. But first, does anyone have a pet at home or had a pet? Yes? a lot. Cat? Cat? Okay. Dogs? Another animal? Reptile, maybe? All right. Um, did you want, does anybody want a pet, but your parents won't let you get one? No. Okay. Now, when I grew up, we had a, a cat. Her name was Kisser. And Kisser, she wasn't the most social cat, but she wasn't very intimidating. She was very kind. And to this day, I still love indoor cats because of her. Now, in fourth grade, in early November, I returned home from school. And by later in the evening, I hadn't seen Kisser around. You know, sometimes she would hide secluded in the basement like cats do. Um, So it wasn't altogether uncommon, but after a couple days of her food and water being untouched, we knew something was wrong. My parents and siblings turned over the whole house searching for her, but she wouldn't turn up. Now, she would often run out whenever my siblings and I would go to school, but we would always herd her back inside. This time, though, it didn't seem like we did that. Throughout the next four months, we asked neighbors and friends to keep an eye out for Kisser. I grew up in a park, uh, next to a park, and there were many branching developments, so there was a wide range for her to wander, but also many eyes to look out for her. So we did get a couple of sightings, one of which was in the nearby parking lot for the park, but ultimately we couldn't find her. After a cold, snowy winter and a few months passed, with her being an indoor cat her entire life, we didn't think we'd see her again. That was until one Sunday morning in March of 2009, when my sister was driving to church and then walking along the sidewalk, all by herself, was Kisser, minding her own business. My sister pulled over, got out of the car, called out kiss her, and she looked over like, yeah. Do, do you need something? <laughs> she, she jotted over, and my sister picked her up, put her in the car, and brought her back home. She was perfectly healthy, well-fed. Some kind soul had probably taken care of her over the winter. Now, I tell you this story to, to ask you this question. I never, or a question that I never received, rather, Why do I care? Why did I care about Kisser? If you own a cat or a dog or another animal, has anyone ever asked you, why do you care about this animal? And if they did, what would you say? They're part of the family, right? Your pet knows you, you know your pet. They care about you, you care about them. Our pets are unique to us, they matter. We assign them value, and they give us value. Likewise, the shepherd cares for each and every single one of his sheep. Each sheep values just as much as the other. As people, not just Christians, we're called to find our worth in God. Genesis 1.27 says that humans are made in the image of God. Now, we're going to explore what that image of God means in our next sermon series concerning identity, but for now, we can understand this using a quote from the Catholic Englishman Thomas Murn. Murn was a prolific writer throughout the 20th century, and this is what he had to say about the image of God. To say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence. For God is love. Love is my true identity. Selflessness is my true self. Love is my true character. Love is my name. But even knowing that, we can sometimes still feel lost. Have you ever felt lost or isolated, like you didn't belong or marginalized? These feelings can often be rooted in our own self-doubts when we're unsure of our true identity as love. God made each and every person wonderfully in God's image. When you think of someone in your life, whether it's a child, a parent, a spouse, or a best friend, remember that God loves you that much, but also so much more. That is how precious you are in the eyes of God. So be bold, be confident in that. Do not be afraid to understand your own value because God has given you that value. And once you understand your own value, look for those in your life who may be feeling lost. Someone who is perhaps having the same feelings you have or have had. There are many people doubting themselves because they don't know their own value. Yet God continues to love them oh so deeply. We as Christians cannot be satisfied with only 99% of the sheep being found, with only 90% of the coins being found, with only half of the sons being found. Imagine this. You go to the daycare to go pick up your kids, and they tell you, we only lost half of them. Here's your other two. Right? We can't accept that. Jesus calls us that no matter how close we are to finding All the lost things, we cannot stop until every lost thing is found. In doing so, Jesus challenges us with this question. Do you have the empathy to recognize when someone is lost and the compassion to go and find them? So take this time, think of one person, of one name in your life who may be feeling lost. And I would encourage you to take a moment with the Lord and think of what you can do to help them be found. Our culture today is one where we try to offer answers or explanations for others, but the reality is sometimes we will all feel lost. So instead of trying to explain it away, or give them an answer that they don't want to hear. Live like Jesus. Make them feel loved. Make them feel hurt. Make them feel seen. And as you reflect on this person in your life, and think about a conversation that you could have with them, remember the relentless seeking of the shepherd. Remember the careful searching of the woman and remember the father who ran to his son from afar and answer the question Jesus is asking us, will you go and find the lost? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your unconditional love. No matter how lost, lonely, or isolated we feel, God, you're always there loving us. You're a God who overflows with compassion for others, who came down to earth, who lived and died to tell the lost that they are loved and that they matter. Lord, give us the strength to be as steadfast in our love as you are in your love, God, Give us compassion to see those who are lost, and give us the words and actions to make them feel your love. Lord, help us to find the lost. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your gifts, and we love you, Lord.
0: It is in your precious name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. joining us on the Linglestown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.